welcome to Buenta Vista, episode 79. I am Andrew. I'm here with Ben. Hey. Hi, Ben. Sounding a little, a little low energy today. I'm worried about you. What's oh, going on? <laughs> look, I bought Super Smash Bros. for the Switch. <laughs> and I've been playing whatever the fuck the, like, the mode where you walk around and you, you beat spirits up for some shit. And I have just been like... I've spent the last, I'm going to call it hour, playing the same 30 seconds over and over and over again without getting any better at it. And it's just, it sucked the juice out of my body. Nice. Uh, we also have, flying in from Hawaii, Lucy. Hey. What's going on, Lucy? Been playing Kingdom Hearts again. Why? God damn it. God Becoming damn very it. mad. I forgot how annoying of a game it is. <laughs> It's one of those games that doesn't tell you what you need to do all the time. So you spend just hours like trying to figure out what you're supposed to be doing. Which which one are you playing? Also oh, a the Japanese game, you mean. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, apparently this is a gaming podcast now. And joining us um all the way from sunny Canada, uh, it's friend of the show, Rob Rousseau. Hello, Rob. Oh, has Rob's mic already died? Is it already dead? <laughs> he warned us about this before, um, before we He'll came He'll be out. back. He's, <laughs> refresh he's that page, Rob. Refresh he's refreshing that page. page. He's, he has he's typed here. fuck with three yep. exclamation marks into the chat. Uh, good sign. We yeah. promise we have real guests and friends. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a Canadian accent and be... Oh, <laughs> oh it's friend of the show Rob Rousseau hello hi hello I'm glad I'm very happy hello. to be here thanks for having me on the the program oh thank you thank you for joining us we've um it's taken us a few weeks to hook it up what with the old yeah international time differences it's the end of the year we've all got shit going on everybody's tired just tired of uh tired of 2018 a little tired of life mm-hmm. right about now yep ready for my Christmas holidays folks Oh, just exhausted. Um, speaking of exhausting stuff, <laughs> let's see what's in the news. <laughs> Great. I, um, I, as everybody knows, I'm very pro-scam on this show. It's not necessarily mm. a view that is shared by my co-hosts. Mm. Um, but there's, there's just a certain line at which like, con artistry and scamming passes into what I think of as legitimate work. People are putting in <laughs> genuine labor and... <laughs> And I think they deserve to be rewarded for their efforts. So, um, so there has been a thing that's been doing the rounds in Australia at the moment, which is a, a scam uh, from people purporting to be from the Australian Tax Office, the ATO. And this has been like a very, very um, prominent thing. Uh, my wife got one of these voicemails uh, where you get a voicemail that says, we are going to arrest you. Uh, oh. There is a warrant out for your arrest and you need to call us immediately, kind of thing. Um, according to Queensland Police Financial and Cybercrime, uh, Group Detective Inspector Melissa Anderson, in the past year the ATO was notified about the scam more than 81,000 times. Uh, so that's only people who bothered to call them up and say, Wow. I, hey, did you know people are, <laughs> people are leaving these voicemails? Um... So there's a piece on the ABC, which I know it's not supposed to, to tickle me, uh, but it does. Ashley Carey, 28, 
never thought she would easily fall prey to such a scam until she found herself on the receiving end of an automated phone call telling her she was being investigated for tax fraud. Miss Carey from Longford in the state's north was told to call back a Melbourne number immediately. She said the scammer on the other end of the line threatened her with being arrested if she did not comply with his demands. Quote, They said, if you put me on hold or you hang up, you will be arrested. So I was like, crikey. (laughs) That was the pull quote from the news. (laughs) Just very good. Uh, Miss Carey was informed that her tax returns were incorrect over recent years and that she owed about $5,000 in back taxes. Bombarded with information about which tax clauses she had breached and under threat of being told not to hang up, quote, because the federal police had a warrant out for her arrest, Miss Carey believed what she was hearing. She said what made the scam seem even more real was that when she asked to speak to her accountant, the scammer agreed. The scammer asked Miss Carey for her accountant's name and phone number and then called a third party while she was on the line. Miss Carey said the scammer told her that the third party, an Australian man, was her accountant. Um, <laughs> uh, there was a third party on the line as the ATO were having a discussion with my apparent accountant talking about what the issues were she said and my accountant could see the mistakes he took the blame and said that it had to be paid be asking my accountant Do, she doesn't know what her accountant sounds like though or who am I, like I guess not what sort of, what sort of normal 28 year old if someone says uh I want to speak to your accountant would be like, oh, let me, I've got their phone number memorized. Oh, that's Jeff. That's my, well, yeah. you know, my good long time friend. My old accountant. I mean, I don't know about anybody else, but my, the extent of my experience with accountants has been like just limited to, to the, the specific interaction. Yes. It's been like, I went to H&R Block once to get my taxes done because I, had neglected to do an income tax return for six years or whatever, you know. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, I don't so want to. I don't want to try to be a big shot or anything. It's not like I'm always hanging out with my accountant, <laughs> but I feel like I would know enough to be like, "That's not Michael. Come on now." It's not. <laughs> I think I'd know Michael's voice. Yeah. No, but actually, this is not exclusive to Australia. I actually got one of these calls last year. Oh, right here in Montreal. Oh. Saying that you owed the Australian government money. Not the Australian Crazy. government, but the Canadian <laughs> government. Yeah. Yeah. I I like where it starts getting multi-layered here. So they've brought a person in who who has claimed to be her accountant. Uh, to make it worse, when Miss Carey said she wanted to speak with her accountant without the ATO there, the scammer agreed. And within <laughs> moments, her accountant's phone number was calling her. Uh, that was the scariest part, Miss Carey said. The number that showed up on my phone was my accountant's number. What? Yeah, so they've like spoofed okay. the phone number that she's given them. Oh, uh, right. She gave him the phone number. Yeah, so she's Dumb given bitch. it to them. <laughs> <laughs> um, convinced that, quote, the coppers were coming for me. She was then told by the scammer. And here's, all right, here's the point, right? I feel like in all these things, there's a point at which you should be like, hang on. Convinced that the coppers were coming for me, she was then told by the scammers to purchase a bunch of iTunes gift cards. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah, the gift card scam. That famous way that we all pay back the governments uh, for our you yes. know, mm. end of year. iTunes gift cards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming, I've, I've never really gone into any depth with anyone about this, but I'm assuming that the point of this is that like, that the gift card thing is like a this is not refundable once you have purchased it type arrangement like once you've bought oh, that and given it away to someone else like they can't just 
It's not like if you give someone your credit card details, they can call the bank up 10 minutes later and say, I'm not sure about this shit. Can you cancel mm. my credit card? Um, yeah. She said, she said, in my head, I was like, gee, that sounds a bit sus. <laughs> but then he kept saying, you'll get arrested. And I just sort of freaked out again. She purchased $500 worth in one transaction and was lining <laughs> oh, no. up to buy another $500 oh, worth. Oh, come on. Uh, what saved her from going through with the scammer's demands was Alistair, a customer service employee who noticed she was buying a lot of gift cards and pointed Miss Carey to a document from the ACCC warning of this very scam. The store refunded all the cards on the spot and she did not lose any money. So she gets a happy ending at least. Oh, that's nice. That's good. But, you know, look, all I'm saying is you got multiple people on the line. You're all set up to misdirect phone numbers. Um, you cash and you gotta you gotta like scratch off all the little verification things on those gift cards. Do they have to send the gift cards, or they get you to send a picture of the? Like, yeah, you could probably just send card, a picture and give them the number. I mm. imagine. I'd be interested to see like some kind of like a, a sneakers esque look at these scammers all working in conjunction with one another with their headsets and stuff, and mm. see their whole setup and everything. That would be kind of fun, right? Yeah, like a uh, what was that? What was that movie from the nineties with like uh, Ben Affleck in it, the Boiler Room or something? It was like an un- underground, yeah, like yeah. Uh, shoddy stock trading. Yeah, with a Giovanni BC, I think was in that one. Oh yeah, baby Giovanni, maybe even a Casey Affleck. Hmm. Did you hear? Anyway, all I'm saying is, did you hear about? They deserve the money. Uh, there was a similar scam that I heard about recently involving iTunes gift cards. Did you hear about this one about Bruce Springsteen? <laughs> no. Where <laughs> there was a woman. Um, I guess in Chicago, I'm just looking at this picture now, got a message from Bruce Springsteen on the internet. And she was thrilled. She couldn't believe it. You know, she's a big fan. And uh, I'm reading from this article here. The relationship grew and reportedly turned flirty. And, and Bruce apparently was said, you know, I'm, I'm about to divorce my wife. Uh, she's got all my bank accounts tied up, you know. You know what I, I really need some iTunes. Really could use some iTunes gift cards right now, even though I'm a you know a, a multimillionaire celebrity. Uh, Mary from like Hoboken, New Jersey, really needs to help me out with some iTunes gift cards now, and uh, she obliged, oh, sending him hundreds of dollars in gift cards. <laughs> before like, God, oh, God. before he laid down the big con, he needed even more cash to get a stash of gold worth millions shipped out of Dubai. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah. wow! Wow! <laughs> now you're wrapped up in international intrigue, and that is sexy as That's right. Yeah. So she had to send him eleven thousand five hundred dollars, so for wow. his gold. God damn. The case of the lo- the case of lost Springsteen's gold, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but so they get the gift cards because they can't like trace them or whatever, right? But are they? selling the gift cards on from there or something because they've got to like because so? it's not like they're just spending all their money like renting seasons of NCIS or whatever mm. yeah I guess they, they sell them yeah sell them black market or something I don't know like you could even sell them for half price and mm. be like here's a $500 iTunes gift card for 250 and you're getting the cash you're still up because it cost you nothing but your time talking to a 7 year old lady who's <laughs> never used a computer before in her life <laughs> Well, I'm I'm almost certain that I've seen on like um, I'm almost certain that I've seen on like secondhand or whatever websites like Gumtree and stuff like that. 
I'm almost certain that I've seen people selling like batches of gift cards and it's always like, oh, I was given like, you know, five fifty dollar uh, JB Hi-Fi gift cards and I there's nothing that I want from that store, so I'll give them all to you for a hundred dollars. Kind of uh, thing. Yeah. It's like maybe that's maybe that's where these are going, you know? Yeah. On Australian trading post websites. <laughs> <laughs> so um moving on. Moving on, folks. I thought we might get into the territory of uh, tweets that have made people very angry, <laughs> and something that we haven't done. We haven't even uh, we haven't even really commemorated this on the show yet. But um, dear sweet Ben here, he got a message from Twitter Australia uh, a week or two ago saying, "Hey, um, you did the tweet this year from Australia that was um, retweeted the most times out of any tweet." That was done in oh, all I of think, Australia. Uh, it's technically, actually, it was the tweet that was most retweeted by Australians. Oh, uh, which because someone replied to my tweet, being like, "Um, this is from Australia, and mine had seven hundred thousand or whatever," and I was like, "Ah, I don't know." Yeah. And then Twitter was like, "Oh, actually, it's yeah." The, apparently, the definition is quite specific. Well, I know it did. It, it did blow up because I actually my mom mentioned that tweet to me when I was talking with her on the phone wow. a, few, a few months ago. <laughs> oh my god! I was like, right now, so that that went viral. Definitely, if she's seeing it, I don't know. I don't know how how it came to her, but she actually mentioned I'm trying that to hit to the me. mom market largely. Yeah, that's my so, target audience. So this tweet was uh, was from Ben, and it said, "I love little cultural differences, like how Americans are super offended by the word cunt, but here in Australia, we're super offended by school children being slaughtered with automatic weapons." Um, and this, of course, made some Americans very mad um, because it turns out they're not automatic weapons. They're actually... <laughs> mm. uh, I'll, I'll have you know, mm. we don't mind the children being killed, but we're very pedantic about the, the terminology. <laughs> yeah, but yes. Doesn't AR stand for assault rifle? Well, that's what... It absolutely, absolutely does. Right. Yeah, mm. it does. I don't see wh- how they haven't realized this yet. I mean, a lot of these people claim to be experts on firearms and it seems to be their their whole hobby they're part of big part of their like you know lifestyles but they get these basic facts wrong about what the guns Mm. are even called i mean even like a cursory google would let them know that the a stands for assault rifle yeah the r stands for automatic weapon (laughs) the one stands for the letter a which of course in turn is short for assault rifle and the five is just there for flair yeah (laughs) Facts only. True facts dated. So people got pretty mad um, with Ben about this one. But, you know, that's happened before. And as we all know, you can just uh, mute, like, the replies to a tweet. Which I did, uh, instantly. Mute the notifications. Within 24 hours, I had muted that. I've also (laughs) muted the tweet Twitter did about the tweet, because that also became a problem (laughs) almost instantly. Now... Uh, so, so you you've had a bit of experience with that, Ben. I think we've all probably had some uh, level of experience with with people um, getting mad at you for tweeting and then going, yes. "Oh yeah, well I've put some effort into finding out where you live and that mm. kind of thing." Mm-hmm. Um, but Rob's experience this year has kind of taken it to a whole other level. Yeah, I think it's pretty pretty safe. Yeah, it's to been say. a it's been a weird and wild year in posting for me. Big 2018 of posting. Well, and that's how it started with, was a tweet about, about the AR stands for assault rifle. That's how the whole 
the whole, whole process began with that. An inno- seemingly innocuous, innocuous tweet to a conservative... Perfectly true statement. To conservative commentator uh, Joe Walsh. Uh, started a whole... About. about the Yeah, the saying... He, this was right around the time of the, the Parkland school shooting. And uh, I believe there was some uh, hunting goods store that said, okay, we're not going to stock the AR-15 assault rifle anymore or something like that. And, you know, he was, you know, mad about that, of course, because this is all these people really care about. And, um, you know, uh, I just, I, I enjoy just kind of bugging these people and, and annoying them. And I'd, I think I had read something about the whole uh, the gun terminology thing, how that seems to really, like, get under these people's skin. So I just said, yeah, AR, the AR and AR-15 stands for assault rifle. And I ended up getting about 10,000 replies uh, from various <laughs> too many. Uh, in, uh, interesting people, all walks of life, telling me to, you know, uh, kill myself and uh, uh, all kinds of stuff. I heard from all kinds of all kinds of different people on that one. All kinds of colorful yeah. folks. Colorful personalities. <laughs> But um, but I f- I feel like where it really kicked into a high gear um with Rob was was more around when um Donald Trump, your illustrious president, not um, mine. He, <laughs> well, look, you know, you're connected to the same. Yeah. Le- well, Lucy's president. If we're going to get yeah, well, yeah, and honestly, like the president of the United States is basically the president of the Western world. I mean, let's let's go. Well, yeah. Everybody. At, at the very least, we've all got to hear yeah, about exactly. it. That's the, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the problem. Um, so, so Trump was sort of referring to, uh, you know, all, all refugees and asylum seekers and undocumented immigrants uh, as animals, uh, which sort of, you know, obviously queued up a lot of people to say, hey, this sure sounds like that classic dehumanization yeah. that we all love that goes hand in hand with fascism. Uh, great stuff. And that led to the administration claiming, um, no, 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 no. He wasn't referring to just just any old undocumented immigrants. He was referring to um, to MS-13, notorious uh, scary gang and cartel yeah. uh, MS-13. Who none of these, like, Fox uh, News people had heard of, you know, <laughs> prior to, like, you know, eight months ago or whatever it was. But all of a sudden, it yeah, became a now, threat number one. Now it's one. an existential yeah, threat. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> to American freedom. And that led to uh, Rob doing a tweet. And Rob tweeted, I would rather my daughter dated a member of MS-13 than a member of the Republican Party. <laughs> <laughs> which, which I think... Now, look, call me crazy. But I think we can all kind of take this on face value as, as a disingenuous joke tweet sure well right. i mean i would rather have my i don't have a daughter but it, I, I like i don't want to say <laughs> that i would i would like my daughter to date a member of a, a you know a drug gang but i definitely wouldn't want her dating a republican either if i did have one that's <laughs> yeah so it is a joke i mean like a well, quote-unquote joke but maybe yeah, no well, truth well yeah well. It doesn't have to be like an either or type of thing. <laughs> no you know, you can't just <laughs> can't just want her to not date either of them yeah uh, and of course, you don't want her to to grow up to marry the dreaded uh, Republican who is also a member of MS13. <laughs> That's the worst. Yeah. That's the worst one you can be. Yeah. So this one, this one kind of kind of set the world on fire uh, from the perspective of I think a thing that we've probably talked about on here before, which is 
just just the whole very disingenuous act of um i i suppose like yeah conservatives very deliberately just turning off the part of their brain that can pass something for like sarcasm yeah. or being intended as a joke or something that very clearly is not true or real or anything like that mm, they for love the it. purposes for the purposes of getting really mad yeah, and uh, ironically, it is, ironically, these are the same people that are just constantly accusing uh, people on the left of being, you know, sensitive, Not getting jokes, sensitive snowflakes, mm. uh, you know, uh, just searching for things to be offended by all the time. These are these are what they this yep, is what they manufactured say. Manufactured outrage. Yeah, exactly the phony outrage. Yet they seem to be extremely uh, just looking to get mad at anything at any given time. And when I did this tweet, I mean, it's you know, I <laughs> I didn't think it was that. You know, it's fairly innocuous. Uh, I don't think it was anything that outrageous that any other kind of like uh, kind of online uh, leftist shit poster wasn't saying similar. So it was kind of odd to me that it took on that that life that it did. And it took over a whole like it was like a holiday weekend. It took over a whole like Republican conservative media news cycle. It was really stunning to me. It's very similar in that sense to the classic um, Randy tweet yes. during the election of I, I love working yeah. at the post office and, <laughs> and tearing up all of the mail-in ballots for Republican candidates, yeah. you know. And that was another one where they just like, yeah, just just on its face, a patently false statement. Yeah. Like just very clear. It's just not a real and thing. And, you know, if you're concerned, very easy to verify too. Like to take a 30 second glance at the... The profile of the person that's saying it like yeah okay i don't think this person actually does work at the post office any normal human being well, well, would come to that conclusion but but well here's the other similarity about that it's really funny to me so there were people who were like oh turns out he doesn't work at the post office he was lying about that <laughs> like that's that's you're layering on additional yeah. offense as opposed to like you know, we were completely duped yeah. and, and took this obvious joke as a as a factual statement. It's like, well, not only well, that's it, it's like, did he claim to rip these things up, but he also lied about working at the post like, office. <laughs> and people had that about your thing where they were like, and it turns out doesn't even have a door. <laughs> well, that's the thing that that whole experience taught me is that these kind of like these conservatives, they really don't have any kind of conception of not only even like what irony or sarcasm is, but like what a joke is like what, <laughs> what you know, using hyperbole yeah. to like make a, a broader point about something. These things are just like completely like, in, like uh, unparsable to them. And um, yeah, no, it, well, it, you're right the, though. The way that they traffic is like things that you think might be the format of a joke, but they interpret as true stories. Like every conservative share thing is like, one day a conservative lecturer was, you know, like the Marine Todd yeah, style stories yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Where they're written as if it's in the form of a joke or a parable, right? Where it's clearly not intended to be real, but all the comments are like, I can't believe this happened. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's the thing that they traffic in. That the conception of, like, uh, making something up to prove a point or using uh, metaphorical language is just not, it doesn't register. Yeah, and it was just so it was so absurd to because uh, this got picked up by Fox News by Fox and Friends. So I had fucking Brian Kilmeade on Fox and Friends talking about me. Oh God! And uh, yeah, you're right. He's, he's he's explaining the the segment, and he's like, "Now this man says that his daughter, who he does not actually have, 
would rather date and it's like well, what? <laughs> but you're just why are you upset yeah, it's like, which which part are you mad <laughs> yeah. about which part are you mad about like yeah yeah I, I completely agree i don't i don't think that you can simultaneously be claiming offense yeah. at at a father saying that he wants his he would rather his daughter date a gang member than a republican while also saying in the same breath that you understand that he does not actually have a daughter yeah. so so even even at that point even if you wanted to get mad just about the sentiment you're already like you're already establishing this as a completely hypothetical scenario yep. hmm. you which Crazy. which in turn yeah which in turn like you're saying rob means you're already admitting that all you are discussing and being incredibly angry about is just a hyperbolic statement yeah, they're the pc that police. Is it. that's the entire thing <laughs> the pc police i um i was watching the clip of the the segment on fox news and friends they also got a um they also got a yeah. police uh, a police guy <laughs> on um a, a police commissioner on to react to it yeah um wow and well, and they were, you know, again, they're going through like, oh, these are all the gruesome things that MS-13 gang members have done to people yeah. in the places where MS-13 actually yeah, are. And he's like, this is what you want dating your daughter? And it's like, again, uh, don't know how to make this more clear to you. No daughter. Uh, do, it's not. Do not have yeah. a daughter. <laughs> now, um, so I, I was reading, um, I was reading an article from Fox News uh, where they had kind of followed up on this. And I suppose this is their kind of, um, their little attempt to, to show that they kind of get what has happened, but while still maintaining the rage about yeah. it, right? So they, ha they obviously have to cop at some point to the fact that, like, none, none of this stuff is actually real or true. Yeah, they're like, breaking news here. <clears throat> this guy's been known to, to have to make some other japes similar to this previously. Just make you mad on purpose yeah so uh this is from a fox news article titled writer who declared he'd rather his daughter date an ms-13 member than a republican turns out to be a troll <laughs> and honestly this like because i i was i was kind of enjoying the whole thing for most of the weekend but by the by two or three days into it it was like getting a little bit much uh and that's when this kind of fox little... this fox and friends thing happened and i was like kind of not starting not really enjoying it anymore like this is getting a little bit too intense for me <laughs> And, uh, but this, this so, article, when I read it really like made me feel so much better because it's so, I just laughed so hard reading it. Uh, well, I, there's I, so many great I little loved, nuggets in there. It's, it's just those bits where like, um, where they are saying with a completely straight face, the part of it where they are the butt of the joke. Yeah. Um, so they say, they say in here back on March 12th, Rousseau penned a piece for paste headlined gun control. How I managed to enrage and expose thousands of right-wing gun guys. He explained that falsely <laughs> stating, quote, the AR in AR-15 stands for assault rifle, enrages gun enthusiasts. And then immediately following this in parentheses, it actually stands for Armalite rifle. So again, they need to check their research they on can't that even, because that's, that's really irresponsible yeah, reporting. Fake news from the... Mm. Who, who's publishing fake yeah. news now? Yeah. But again, I love that, like... They're, they're saying in this in, like in the one sentence ah uh, he has he has said that all you have to do is say the wrong thing about the gun and they become insanely mad <laughs> and they still have to say in the same sentence but we understand what it really yeah. is that that's not really what the thing is uh, 
Further on, Rousseau, Rousseau, who now calls himself a gun expert and cool dad in his Twitter bio, (laughs) declared that he is proud that he figured out what upsets conservatives. Oh, this is also a fantastic little chunk. Uh, Since Rousseau's trolling tweet about MS-13 caught the attention of prominent conservatives, the flamboyant writer... (laughs) Little dog whistle there. ...believed... The flamboyant writer believed to be from Montreal. <laughs> like honestly, you couldn't you couldn't write a piece that's making me sound like a cool badass like more than this guy did. <laughs> that's why I appreciate it so much. I actually ended up texting the guy that wrote this piece after and I was like, you know what? Your entire organization is just pure garbage, but you you seem okay, man. <laughs> the flamboyant writer believed to be from Montreal has posted several messages that mock people who have taken him seriously. <laughs> the chuds are mad at me again, Rousseau wrote. Please say they have a parenthetical explaining what chud is. No. Well, they have not gotten into chud terminology. Oh, brutal. Oh my goodness, it's just truly flamboyant. Yeah. Well, I wonder what that's referring yeah, to. Yeah, well, also my my Twitter picture at that point was me with my cat too, so I think they were definitely trying to infer oh, infer right. something from that, which I didn't really pick up on at the time. I didn't really get why they had said that, and someone kind of mentioned it to me, and I said, "Oh, I see what you're doing there, you fucker." Yeah, their, nice. their copy desk was like, oh, you, "Have we got another word we can use here instead of fact?" <laughs> it's I, no. <laughs> so, uh, what this? Uh, I mean, all all of this led to what is probably one of my favorite online exchanges of all time yeah and i thank rob for this um rob got a message uh via facebook uh somebody posted a screen cap of the tweet with uh rob rousseau with a picture of you uh, and it said with the tweet in it i would rather my daughter blah 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 uh, they sent it that saying um are you the stupid fuck that wrote this <laughs> and uh, rob rousseau has then responded from rob rousseau's account to say, no, that was someone else. And they've replied, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Have a nice one. Yeah. I just love, I love that that's like, uh, that's your pinned tweet under your own yep. account. Is that, It's just, hey, are you the rubber sir the post of this? No. Oh. All See, right. don't, don't tell us that we can't, uh, you know, resolve our differences online with some, some <laughs> just a healthy exchange of ideas. It can be done. Oh, no, but man. I was getting I was getting yeah. hundreds and hundreds of messages at that time from from stuff like that, and uh, you know at a certain point you just have to start messing with them sometimes. And uh, there's some there's some pretty funny results. I ended up getting a bunch of voicemails as well because I I while all this was going on I posted the number for uh, your Kickstarter sucks podcast. Uh, oh uh, yes, and uh, it was I, like I put it in my bio, and they got you know dozens of, of really intense voicemails. <laughs> From uh, old people that are just like haven't talked to their grandkids in years, and well, at least I mean for them it's a break from uh, drunk people calling in and telling them to kill themselves. Yep. So mm. uh, they probably welcomed it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, have you guys seen the the little compilation that um, Mike from YKS put up? And it was um, what was the it was the restaurant. The like little red red hen or something restaurant that that like kicked out Sarah Sanders. Yeah, that was from one of my tweets as well. 
Ah, there you go. And you and you were like, I I run I run this restaurant. <laughs> you know, call this is the phone number. Or well, whatever. that's it. Like once once this happened with Fox News and everything like that, I just kind of started to do these kind of Randy style tweets like every couple weeks. Anytime, because like anytime conservatives are like are just up in arms about some minor slight that they've you know that feeds into their their vic- constant pathological victimization complex. I like to just kind of say like needle them a little bit and be like, oh yeah, that's me doing that. And like the the more I do it, the more ridiculous it is that it that it has that same result. But yeah, that was another tweet I did where I said they were just losing their minds that she was like politely asked to leave some restaurants while the Trump administration is like throwing children in concentration camps. Uh, but of course, they, their priority are this, this is the restaurant thing. So I said, yeah, my uncle. Well, you got to see both sides. Yeah, I know. It's both of those things are are really uh, egregious and awful. But yeah, so I did a tweet where I said, oh yeah, my uncle actually owns a Red Hen franchise, and he's he. Uh, he told me that when he drops chicken on the ground, he puts it in a special bucket and serves it to Trump supporters <laughs> and they come in. And then another friend of mine cross posted that um, into like a Bill O'Reilly fan page uh, on Facebook, oh, Facebook group with the YKS number as well. So then that led to a, that the, that compilation that you're talking about where Mike talked to a bunch of these people, Michael. Is really so like one good. of the funniest things I've ever heard in my entire life. Like I was just oh, laughing absolutely. so hard. I'm, I'm going to put the link to that video into the, the notes for this episode because like, uh, yeah, Michael was saying on one of their episodes that he he likes, like the that goes through and like rings through. He can just pick it up yeah. on his phone and he's like, yeah, sometimes I just like to answer the calls and he records <laughs> them of like somebody just angrily, you know, angrily making this insane statement about you know that oh, you think you can do this to people just based on politics yeah. you think you can serve people chicken off the floor why don't i come down there and kick your ass and they go on for like two minutes straight and then there's just like this little pause and he goes so do you want to book a table or <laughs> <laughs> just completely dry you know, it's extremely he's, good. he's incredibly good at, at dealing with those people um and yeah there's one of the, one of those calls goes on for like seven minutes of this guy going like, I'm going to go down first thing in the morning. I'm going to call the Indiana Board of Health. I'm going to make sure that you never say just like this. Like he's getting really worked up. You can tell like really like excited about it. And um, just imagine how red the face yeah, is gone. Yeah. You know? Although I don't know if like as, as a cultural thing, it's very strange because like, as we said, you know, the, it is the constant sort of casting of, of anybody progressive as just wanting to get outraged about things and you know let's let's not all get mistaken of course there is a, a big strain of that in sure yeah leftism and progressivism there are uh, i th- i think that's not you know obviously that's not limited to to political stuff i think that's that's just any social group that humans form there are people who go ah i can make this my thing and they just lean really hard. Yeah, and it's cathartic into, for you to whatever it is. It's cathartic for you to sort of like show how. That's when they get into that kind of virtue signaling stuff. I mean, that's kind of what they're getting at. Um, but that's what they don't realize yeah, is that like, the right does that just as much or even more. Well, yeah, and uh, yeah, I think anytime, anytime that people are yeah trying to get into that realm of, I'm I'm showing you that I am the most yeah. invested in this thing, but. This stuff is is like kind of weird to me because it's sort of it it comes across to me less as like say you know somebody who's in like the DSA or the the 
young socialists or whatever and wants to prove that like they're the most Marxist motherfucker in the world in every single meeting kind of thing or or somebody who like you know wants to we we had a we had a long and ridiculous exchange with somebody online this week who was insisting that's like um that australians using like australian slang like saying struth or crikey or whatever is is mocking like um it's like mocking poor people because you despise them. Okay. So oh, they, I didn't think it was t- mocking them. I thought it was just that we were trying to seem poor when we were all apparently like mega rich uh, private school kids or something. Oh, it's that too. But uh, I think this dude's main point was that he was saying it's 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 people who don't come from that kind of background yeah. using it to mock people who do come from that background because they, they actually hate those people. Mm. And and again, it was just one of these Sounds like a little projection, like, possibly. Just a little. Uh, yep, yep, and and it just it went on and on, and again though the the whole thing was was just like yeah I hate to tell you man but like this is this is the kind of shit that makes people hate people who go too hard into this stuff like yeah. yes let's all get on board with like not doing like casual racism and homophobia and transphobia and we're all we're all as a collective trying to work through like modifying our language over time and everything because yeah, if you're a certain always got to be somebody. if you're a certain age you kind of grew up with a, a certain acceptable parameters about language that have that's changed over time which is good and normal but it does take some people longer than others to adjust to sort of the new uh, uh paradigm it does and but it do, like there are there's always going to be someone like this who's like well actually i'm i'm a gold medalist in the woke olympics oh, yeah. and and i'm so far out in front of you that i'm telling you about how like using just your your country's normal slang is actually a hugely classist slight against the working class you know just just way too far with the whole thing but i do wonder with like specifically the stuff you're talking about with with the americans getting really mad about this sort of stuff and like calling up and leaving seven minute long ultra steamed <laughs> voicemails and everything or leaving me like it, like re like really detailed rape fantasies about my my fake daughter hypothetical yeah <laughs> like like while like breathing deeply and talking about it's it really creepy stuff well yeah i mean like that that stuff is obviously on a whole nother planet, the whole kind of like, oh, well, if if that's what you want to happen, then why don't I just do it? It's like, well, that's extremely weird. Yeah. But I, I wonder about the, yeah, like the calling up the voicemail and leaving long, angry things. I wonder for how many of those people this is more functioning as the kind of like yelling at a fast food worker to release some kind of yeah stress and yeah when the rest of your uh, life sucks very badly yeah i think part of it i think especially when i get all these people messaging me i think part of it with some of these people is legitimately just like trying to reach out to make a connection with somebody you know Mm. (laughs) they have nothing going on uh they're so like poisoned by like uh, right-wing memes and conspiracy theories that their entire family can't stand them it has like abandoned them they have no one to talk to yeah (laughs) exactly Oh, those groups, when, when you see those, like, screen caps from, like, QAnon Facebook groups and stuff, and it's all people posting, like, their their sad Christmas dinners that they <laughs> ate alone because they don't get invited <laughs> to things anymore because they won't stop talking about the, like, global pedophile yeah. network. It's just because of their damn PC families, yeah. you know? 
The damn leftist grandkids. They've ruined right. everything. Just because the, they don't want to hear that Donald Trump is actually a super secret agent infiltrating the global mm-hmm. uh, elite pedophile rings. <laughs> and he's only pretending to be a massive fucking dunce, actually. Uh, just because of that, you know. It's just the truth. I just can't yeah. handle the truth, you know. Can't handle the truth. They can't handle the truth that um, Donald Trump is a deep, deep cover. Yeah. Um, super agent. He has to wear, how do you think he feels, the sacrifice he's making for his country, yeah. having to wear like a, a nutty Professor Klump's fat suit yeah. to work mm. every single day. And every night when he's out there assassinating um, globalist pedophiles, he takes that whole thing off and he's ripped like the Ben Garrison yep. cartoons underneath, <laughs> goes out and does his thing, comes back home in the yeah, morning. Exactly. Kisses sleeping Baron on the yeah, forehead. It's not fair when you think about it. And puts his big suit back on. <laughs> Well, some people are making the sacrifices. What's That's Baron what up to? What's Baron been doing this whole time? Just He's probably playing Fortnite. Just gaming. <laughs> Just playing Fortnite. Yeah. Fortnite and Kingdom Hearts. Yep. <laughs> oh. So, um, so there, there was another um, aspect of this article as well that I thought was interesting where they had pulled another quote from you in here, which was, again, the idea that they, they put this in here as like making their point as opposed to yeah. yours is very funny. Uh, they have a quote from you, which is, people are melting down over this joke, which I guess was the point. But in all seriousness, your elected representatives pose a far greater threat to you and your family's security than an El Salvadorian prison gang you'll never once in your boring <laughs> life have to interact with. It's probably true. It's fair yeah. enough. Well, and I, they I actually, I, I was able to send a quote in, which I thought was, was pretty good at the, at the end, I think. Um, and that was one of the things that I, I was kind of happy about with that whole experience was that I feel like I did manage to smuggle some ideas into that was that maybe these conservative uh, media people weren't really necessarily exposed to on a regular basis. And I feel like maybe, you know, this is probably not true, but maybe there was, you know, a handful of people that read that quote and kind of went, huh? (laughs) Like maybe even for a second, you know? And that was one of the things I kind of took away from that, that I feel like it was a positive thing. And that's why, I think it's like I've well, become a little bit obsessed with trying to, uh, it's like like capture conservative media news cycles because it's kind of interesting to me to try and do it, and I think it's an interesting way to 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 even for a second reach out to these audiences that are really like immersed in this in this right wing ecosystem media ecosystem just twenty four hours a day. And just kind of pro- prompt them, are you actually thinking about any of this at yeah. all while it's happening? <laughs> and like you said, the fact that you, you've been able to do it a handful of times and like from, it's, it's not like you're setting up new accounts nope. and trying to make them look conservative or anything like that. Um, they're all from the same account with the same name. With the same but pinned tweet the pa- that you described, just right there for yeah. anyone to see. But, uh, but the parallel to me with this um, in the Australian news cycles over the last year or two has been we have a very similar thing, particularly in uh, Victoria, where there's a, a reasonable like um, uh, African immigrant community. And uh, like as in still extremely small, right? But I think you mean gangs, Andrew. I do mean mm. gang members. It's all one so, big gang. Yep. It's all one giant game. They all know each other and they're all working together. Yeah, yeah. It's it's this whole thing with conservative media's obsession with the idea that any um, you know any group of two or more 
um, young guys of, of African descent are a gang and they are operating as gangs and it's it's very similar in the sense of it's this thing that just captivates and drives conservative media here and it's also something that just s- seems to affect almost nobody's lives yeah um, well and that's it and that's kind of the point i was trying to make with that statement too is just that you know it's not when i do a tweet like that it's not saying ms13 is good even though that's what most conservatives that got mad at me about thought that that's what the point was that i was saying but you know it's not fucking ms13 that's that's steering us toward a climate crisis that's going to kill millions of people and you know it's not ms13 that's starting these uh, uh imperialist uh middle eastern wars that are displacing and killing millions of people <laughs> Or, you know, fighting for the right for fucking water companies to pour coal slurry into drinking water and stuff like that. Like, MS-13 is not doing any of that shit. Um, that, those are like elective, re- elected representatives that are, that are doing that. And yeah, It's not MS-13 that are making sure that there will never be a background check on someone who wants to buy a gun or ban a bump stock. Yeah. You know? mm. but, uh, but, yeah, very, very similar thing here where... We had the, um, at the time, Minister for Immigration making statements. There, so there's a whole thing here where there's, uh, I imagine it's kind of similar in other countries anyway, but where we have our, our state and federal government and there's, there's generally meant to be kind of a, you know, federal government should sort of not be interfering too much in state government as in making statements about things or acting like... I guess acting like either in either direction that the outcome of a of an election, for example, will have some sort of you know particularly big impact on the other, and so the federal minister for immigration at the time, uh, Peter Dutton, made a statement that people in uh, Melbourne, one of our largest capital cities, people in Melbourne are afraid to go out to eat in the city they're afraid to go out to restaurants because the city is so overrun with these african gangs um and it was one of those comments that was just immediately greeted with like just statewide derision from people who were like what the fuck are you talking about like it's just so far from the reality of living there well, and this, it's the kind of thing, too, um, as, where... As to be completely absurd. It's yeah. the kind of thing, too, where I'm sure there are conservatives, and uh, especially older people, that are afraid to go outside because of their fear of gangs and things like that. But that's not because oh, there's yeah. a gang problem. It's because there's a conservative media problem. Uh, there's, a pro- there's a massive industry that's whose whole purpose, whose express purpose, is uh, terrifying older people uh, of the idea of, of, as you said, any... any the two or more people of color that happen to be standing around on a street corner at any time uh, and making them think that their their uh, country is under invasion by by kind of foreign interlopers and that their precious you know uh, rights and freedoms are going to be snatched away at any time by these get and like this this is what the problem is and so when these people say yeah well people are afraid to leave their houses it's like well no shit it's because they listen to conservative media all day well um there's there's been some news stories lately actually out of victoria about um uh for example there's there's like a league of like somali australian uh like a somali australian youth basketball league and they had to put an announcement out saying oh, um we, we can't we can't hold our basketball finals this year 
Like, we can't have the finals of our tournament because nowhere in the state will rent a, a stadium, like a, an arena, like a court to us to play on. Um, and and also this, like, the other reporting about, um, about you know, lots of people of, of, like, Somali descent finding it really hard to find jobs because they can't get interviews or they get turned away straight away. And, yeah, it's almost like all of this constant demonization of people from a specific mm. background actually has some kind of effect on people's mm. lives. Well, and it's and, a, um, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy too, because it's like, it's not that, that, that violent or that gangs don't exist, but how does, how is it that these young people get sucked into these kind of situations? Part of it is because they don't, there's no like healthy outlet for them to spend their time or to do things like participate yeah. in basketball tournaments. And uh, the more they're demonized and the more the, these kind of avenues are cut off, the more attractive, I imagine, that kind of a lifestyle is. Well, that's what I always think about, like, any time that there are, you know, things that, again, it's often the conservative media are always obsessed with, like, enclaves of immigrants and areas where a lot of people um, speak the, you know... Anytime that people speak the language of the region that they are from, like out on the street, it's this horrifying oh, yeah. affront to people. Like, um, like it's this massive, uh, it's this massive blow to their freedom that they can't eavesdrop on strangers in the street or some shit. Um, you know, it's very, it's very confronting to them. And yeah, you always sort of think to yourself, like, so, so, do you think it makes people like any more likely to sort of? you know uh, like assimilate into the community or whatever when you're constantly like pointing fingers and talking about how they're outsiders and they make you uncomfortable and you don't want them there and all that sort of shit is it any kind of surprise that people withdraw further into these communities yeah. if they're constantly being told by the news and the people around them like oh we wish they weren't here it makes us all uncomfortable and all this kind of shit like there was a there was a, an election in Victoria recently, and uh, thankfully the Conservatives got absolutely destroyed. Um, but I do remember in the election coverage they were talking to um, a, a candidate from the Conservatives, the Liberal Party, and and yeah, they they said to him, "Oh, so you know what what have people been saying when you've been campaigning and stuff? And do you think your let's get tough law and order, you know, messaging is cutting through?" And he said, oh, look, you know, when I'm campaigning and or when I'm door knocking and an old person shakes my hand and they say, I'm scared to leave my house at night. Whenever I hear a noise, I think it's someone breaking in. It's like, that's so, so nothing has actually happened to these <laughs> no, people. Yeah. They're just petrified now. It's sad though. Of, They've made these people terrified of nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you just run this shit front page in the paper for months at a time mm, and a bunch continually of old tell think it's real. Yeah, and they just think that like a possum jumping on the roof is is someone driving a fucking bulldozer through their house. It's the Apex Gang. Yeah, it's Black Teens. It's Matt Brady's Apex Gang. Come to get you. <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, anytime you kind of interrogate any of these people about like, you know, these people that are so they're, they made their whole life's goal to be talking about like Sharia law and things like that and the Muslim mm. threat, and it's like, have you ever actually? not even had a negative interaction with a Muslim person, but have you ever even actually talked to one? Any interaction. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Most of the time the answer is no. Uh, and they're basing, they're basing their entire worldview based on this, this distorted through this distorted media lens. Um, and I think that's one of the I mean, scary my... things that about America right now is that 
it's not just the rubes that are like this now it's the people in the republican party like they're actually holding positions of power it's fucking donald trump himself he's the one that he's getting his information completely from this conservative media ecosystem well yeah i think um my my general theory on that is like the the louder a, a group is about something that they think you know that another group that they think is a threat or a, a population or an ethnicity or whatever that they think is a threat the louder and more scared they are about it the higher the likelihood that they have absolutely zero interaction with those yeah. people in their yeah. life um it makes me think of of the whole thing here in a, in a town called bendigo where's bendigo new south wales or victoria victoria, victoria? Yeah. Mm. um yeah just a town called bendigo and um, you know the the local Muslim community said we're going to build a mosque because we would like a place to worship. Oh, that's a no no. And yeah, and and just this whole segment of that community just dedicated their whole existence to making sure that they would never get like the planning permission or anything to build a mosque and a, about how scary it is and they don't want their community turning into Sharia law <laughs> and all this kind of thing. It's just like. All, all that because some people wanted to have a church in the. That's how the they place get you they though. Live. The next day, it's Sharia law and Bendigo. Yeah. You know? That's how they get you. They suck you in. Mm-hmm. They suck you. We in. actually had an incident here uh, in Toronto a few months ago, where there's a hotel in Toronto that's been housing a lot of the uh, refugees, um, mostly oh, yeah. from Syria, and, uh, mostly from Syria, uh, and so conservatives. First of all, some like just pure white nationalist conspiracy theorists started to like talk about this online. And I think one, a couple of them went over there one day is this, this random hotel, you know, with their phones kind of like filming people, the scary refugees. And basically, um, people started reviewing the hotel online being like, it's disgusting. And it's feeling, you know, leaving negative reviews for the hotel. And I think one of the reviews claimed that they were slaughtering goats in the bathroom of the hotel oh just slaughtering goats um and so this was basically picked up by the toronto sun which is a, just a pure fascist newspaper at this point and basically did they did a whole piece on this hotel about you know kind of like one of these th things conservatives do in the media kind of just asking questions like you know no one actually thought to fucking like call them up and or to ask what was going on or maybe go go down there Go and have a look around yeah. yeah but so so they posted this piece in the sun news saying oh yeah there are they possibly slaughtering goats who's to say and then someone tried to fucking burn down this hotel <laughs> they they oh, very wow. nearly succeeded in burning down this hotel and the people that worked there thankfully Jeez. were able to to contain it and uh you know it's like and there's no, of course, there's no blowback. There's no consequences. No one has to even fucking apologize for it or whatever. Um, and it's it's extremely dangerous. Um, as we're seeing the kind of the rise of the the, the far right and the anti-immigrant right, and how these these big media companies are able to stoke these flames, and just it's so dangerous. It has these real world con consequences. Like we saw, uh, you know, in, in Quebec, which is also near where I live, there was a shooting at a mosque here uh, the weekend mm. of the sort of uh, Muslim ban when Trump was first uh, inaugurated. And uh, that guy was heavily, in, in, like, full on into that conservative media ecosystem, uh, Ben Shapiro and Infowars and all that shit. And um, 
Yeah, of course, well, there was every, a synagogue shooting in America the other day, which was which was really based about this this migrant caravan and 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 Jewish groups resettling refugees and things like that. These things are are they start in the sort of like darkest corners of the right wing internet. They filter up to right wing media, and they're like getting broadcast out to all kinds of extremely unstable people, and it's getting people killed. And no one seems to be willing to like talk about this like it's a serious problem in society. It's pretty. It's it's odd to me that it doesn't get brought up more. Mm. Well, I think part of the issue with the whole thing is is that a huge slice of what they spend all their time being freaked out about is the idea of conservatives being censored in the media. So, you know, they're they're just constantly freaking out about being censored on Twitter. Like all the people on Twitter who who are convinced that like they've been shadow banned yeah. and no one can see their <laughs> posts and um, all that kind of shit. But also, yeah, all, all this idea of, you know, oh, if you express a conservative opinion, you'll get fired. And if you say conservative stuff online, you get banned from all these services. Despite, like, like you're saying, things like Infowars and and Fox News and the Daily Wire and all this sort of shit being like huge news services with massive followings and everything, people constantly spreading around all this stuff. The idea that they're being censored in any form or like censured or there being any kind of repercussions is ridiculous. But they've made the paranoia about people trying to silence and censor conservative voices to such a fever pitch that it, it, it creates this kind of inbuilt firewall to the idea of anybody actually doing anything about it. Yeah, well, that's... Like, if, if, somebody, if somebody were to say... Like, imagine... All right, imagine if, like, whatever whatever parent company is actually funneling the money through to the, the Daily Wire or whatever Ben Shapiro's news service is. If, if that person said, look, there has been five mass shootings or like 10 incidents of domestic terror in the last however long and every one of these people has been a fervent Ben Shapiro fan where we've determined that this is just dangerous shit that you're putting out and we're going to cancel your show people would freak the fuck yep. out about the idea of oh they're pinning this stuff on him and they're, they're silencing conservatives this is how it begins <laughs> First, they came for the conservatives, yeah. and I said nothing <laughs> because I wanted them to shut the fuck yeah. up. Oh dear, it's a wild world we're living in. Well, folks. that is another. That's another. Um, it, I, I did. I've I've encountered a lot of these people too from other tweets that I've done because uh, a few months back they uh, Reddit shut down the QAnon subreddit, oh. and that was another tweet I did where I was just it just extremely lazy, uh, not really even making any <laughs> effort whatsoever. I was just like, oh yeah, I work for Reddit, and I did that because. They were getting too close to the truth, <laughs> and that again, like all kinds of it, it all kinds of people uh, oh, got got kind of uh, up in arms over that, and kind of saw it as some kind of evidence that their 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 conspiracy oh, was actually true. As despite again, as you said, like if you take five seconds to look at my my uh, Twitter page, you're like I think this guy might be a bit of a prankster, but they don't really. Uh, <laughs> or maybe. Or maybe if you were to ask yourself, um, oh, if this guy did actually have a bunch of secret information about um, about the validity of the QAnon conspiracy theory, it's pretty strange that he would just um, say that yeah. to his tens of thousands of followers on a public platform. Yeah. 
like doing a bad job of keeping the secrets. <laughs> yeah, but that's something they don't seem to ask themselves these questions. It's just like the immediate. They they take a look, and that's the that's the extent to the of that they they spend thinking about it. It's just you know this confer, and that's kind of the thing that I've realized about doing these kind of tweets is that it doesn't really matter how absurd it is or how obvious it is that it's a joke, because as long as it confirms what they already believe, uh, they'll go with it. That's all they need, you know. And, and um, it's it's really weird and strange that it can, continues to kind of happen. But uh, that's it. It's, as long as it confirms this kind of thing that they already have in their head, that's the extent that they're going to uh, spend, uh, you know, in, in, interro- interrogating mentally it. vetting anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I completely agree that that's the part that is most remarkable to me, is like, um, like you know, every now and then I'll, um, like, retweet something or... Um, there's there's a thing that a couple of Australian guys are doing a lot these days, which is um, like uh, wife of the show Pat um, loves to uh, see what's going on in like Australian politics at the moment. Like maybe there's there's going to be another challenge to the sitting prime minister or whatever, and he will dig back through like different news organisations tweets and he'll retweet an old thing that's like oh cabinet's just gone into the party room to discuss <laughs> to discuss a leadership spill breaking news and so people see that in the context of what's happening now and it's very easy to just yeah. it gets me it gets yeah, me every it, oh, time. if you quote tweet it you don't get the timestamp on it so you mm. just see the text yeah this is yeah. huge and um exactly, exactly. Oh, so wow. yeah <laughs> so um both both uh pat Carolina and Matt Burke have have got me several times with this, um, and and like you know because c- sometimes there's there's stuff going on there's news happening and you see a thing and you go whoa that's what we all wanted to happen yeah and you click the retweet button or whatever without thinking about it too much right um, but I at least have the decency and good sense to go oh that's embarrassing when i realize i've been yeah. had i will either i'll unretweet the thing or mm-hmm. someone will say to me oh that's a parody account and i go whoops i got got there seems to be absolutely no like uh ability or desire to have that follow no. up on any of this stuff with conservative things it is purely just the like like the extent to which i mean Obviously, everybody has their own confirmation bias to whatever extent about different things. But in this specific realm of like the the conservative media outrage stuff, it is just turned up to such an extreme that like you're saying, it's literally just if I have briefly scanned this thing and it either aligns with a thing that I uh, I want to be true or a thing that I want to be mad about. That's it. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm posting about it and I will never come yeah, back to it. Definitely the closest further. the closest that I ever get is um to any kind of like a not a mea culpa but like <clears throat> is I'll get someone that'll that'll be like, "Well, hold on now. I think this guy might be joking." But it still confirms this thing that I already believe because lots of people do do this thing, even if this guy happens to be joking about it. Like I got a lot of that on the, <clears throat> like I did right before the midterm elections, I did a, a tweet about how I was, 
um, I had a bunch of U.S. Uh, social security numbers and I was voting for Beto O'Rourke in Texas <laughs> and uh, doing voter fraud. And I got a lot of that. that so that, and that ended up getting posted on 4chan and then made its way to InfoWars uh, for an InfoWars segment. And I had a, I had a lot of those. There was a bunch of those like, no, I don't think this guy's real, but that doesn't mean that voter fraud doesn't exist and is rampant. In fact, this confirms that it does because people do do this thing, even if this guy happens to be joking about it. That's that's the closest that I ever got to people being like, nah, that's not true. <laughs> Just proves that that's what you'd like to be doing. Yeah, exactly. I well, I would I um, would be doing voter fraud if not for the efforts of again suave debonair secret agent donald trump <laughs> famously oh. uh coherent and uh, uh kg intelligent person who is surely able to you know <laughs> put a stop put He's a stop to these kind of things and as he said before he should be able to sort it all out within one term so he doesn't even need to run yeah. again which is good <laughs> good news well, um, we ha- look, we haven't really, we haven't had much of a chance to talk about this between us, but I think I can speak for the rest of the show um, when I say, we hope you don't get murdered by an insane QAnon conspiracy. Mm, I wish you no harm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, well, that's it. We have pretty strict gun laws here. Um, most of the people that that's get good. mad at me are, are Americans. And, you know, even though, even with that MS-13, I did get tweet i did get a a number of people kind of either like overtly or subtly uh you know threatening my life but uh, (laughs) even not that that's pleasant or anything but i never really believed that you know none of these people are actually like gonna go through the effort of uh i mean these people are a lot of these guys like have to go in those little scooters at walmart you know they're not gonna go out and try and find (laughs) that's true (laughs) it is a lot more effort than tweeting yeah to be fair Mm. So um, that will probably just about do us for this week um, Rob, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on twitter.com at Rob Rousseau I also host a podcast as well It's called 49th Parahell uh, You can find that on SoundCloud, iTunes All that, all that, all the podcasting apps um, And that's where you can find me well, we will we'll post up some links in there so you guys can find and get a hold of Rob's show. Yeah, well, honestly, when I started my show, I was I think I was uh, influenced by this show uh, to a certain extent oh. too. Because oh. what I what I think is cool about this show uh, that you guys do sometimes is kind of like talk about some more radical or subversive ideas, but in a very like non-threatening way, in a very kind of like you know morning <laughs> show fun way. Like I really like Chapo Trap House, but I think if you're kind of like more of a normie it might be hard to like, you know, you listen to it and maybe it's a bit edgier. There's kind of a lot of in jokes and stuff like that. And I kind of try to, I try and kind of try to approach my show. Like I'm, I'm, you know, talking about some, some, you know, more left wing ideas or things like that, but in kind of a format that's more like, you know, national public radio or, or CBC or something that's like really non-threatening to people that maybe hadn't really, uh, given those kind of ideas, a lot of consideration before. And that's one thing that I think you guys do. That's kind of interesting. 
Well, uh, thank you. We like to approach the show as though we are talking about issues, but we don't really know anything about mm, them. Mm, and that's definitely mm. an affectation on our part. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. For sure. <laughs> yeah. It's deliberate. Yeah. yeah Studied affectation. Yeah. <laughs> Premeditated. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, ben. Hey. Would you like to... You've been very quiet, so would you like to leave us with a, a patented... Ben's thought for the week. I would also just like to clarify that I've been very quiet because I've kept having to mute the microphone because we're looking after a friend's dog at the moment and she is huge and she is causing <laughs> absolute chaos. Uh, so it's not for lack of desire. It's more I've been on dog control. Um, uh, what, what breed of dog is that? She is a Weimarana. Uh, oh, they're beautiful dogs. And she is just all limb. She's more limb than anything else. She's a mm. Wonderful, wonderful dog. Uh, friends of the show might know her from George's Twitter constantly. Uh, Maud, the big welcome dog from Brisbane's own Wandering Cooks. Okay. Yeah. Uh, crime Pass, though. No. Um, it's okay to willfully mislead conservatives up to the point that even fraud fraud is fine this is the only scam that i will legally endorse you've got a crime pass as long as you can demonstrate that the person is conservative anything goes yeah i think that's pretty mm. fair uh, if mm. if you can demonstrate that they're conservative you get to keep all the itunes gift cards yeah. that you can get a hold don't of spend them all at once <laughs> um, you got to work your way through what you don't want to do right what you don't want to do is make the rookie mistake of redeeming all of your iTunes gift cards at once and then renting all of the seasons of NCIS at once, mm. right? Because mm. you don't, like, you might not have enough time to get through them You've all before the rentals expire. For sure. That's true. Yeah, so what you want to do is you want to watch the first season of NCIS with your first card and then once you're done, that's when you redeem the second card. Mm, absolutely. That's how you're going to make sure. You can even potentially have time to, like, rewatch the first season of NCIS two, three, four, maybe five times, depending on what you've got going on in your life. And how much you like NCIS. Well, it's a given, yeah. isn't it? It's a given, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Everybody. Quality television. It's, it's that or maybe Law and Order SVU. Mm. Is that about? Mm. What else can you hire off iTunes? It's probably those only those two, two shows. Yeah. Just those. So have um, fun. Any <laughs> so do enjoy that. Uh, so, um, as always, you can find an extra episode of the show every week over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Vista. Only five American dollars a month. It's a bargain. What else are you doing with that money? You're giving it to somebody who's calling you up about how you owe the ATO cash and you're going to get arrested, but you're not going to get arrested. No. And we've helped you out with that. Yeah. So, why not pay it forward, <laughs> you know? <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. That's what pay it forwards is. <laughs> yep. Pretty sure that's what that's As far as I know, Pay it that's absolutely is, true. I do you a good turn and then you do it back to me. Pay it yeah. forwards. That's right. Yep. Um, well, my only remembrance of that is watching the movie Pay It Forward. Which and was about this exact scenario. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and um, Haley Joel, Joel Osment has a helped podcast. somebody else and then <laughs> they help him back. So, I think I've got it under control. Mm. Uh, Rob, thanks very much for your time. Thanks very much for having me. It was a pleasure to be here. Oh, well, please do check out Rob on 49th Parahel, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.